Previously, in The Reclaimers, the team set about antagonizing Professor Paragon into coming to them. Through an unboxing video on Orion's TikTok page, they were able to bait Riptide, Chimera, and the Crow to come fight them. The teens were able to knock out Riptide and Chimera, with the Raven grabbing hold of her father and teleporting out to the castle outside of time and space. Meanwhile, the ground beneath them started to shake as the snake made his way into Infinity City. Will the team be able to hold the onslaught off long enough for Jackie to fulfill her mission? Find out in Reclaimers number 17, Family Feuds. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name. I use he, him pronouns, and I am your GM as per usual. You can find me on Twitter at Podcaster Elliot, and I am joined today by... Hi, my name is Aram. My pronouns are he, him. I, tonight, am playing Orion, the newborn and general good guy. And you can find everything I do at aram.gay. Hi, my name is Jordan. I play Nico, also known as the Hashling, who is the legacy playbook. You can find all of my stuff or heckle me at Cuttlefish Tweet. Hello, hello. My name is Nika. I use they, he pronouns, and I'm playing... Casey Everett, a.k.a. Technojack, who uses they-she pronouns and the protege playbook. You can find me online at Gomisart. As the rest of our reclaimers, Hatchling, Orion, and Technojack are left behind by the teleporting away raven, the three of you hear a sound like glass shattering inside of your heads and as you look up and around you the sky has completely shattered apart it looks like a mirror that someone has thrown a giant rock into and as you look into this purple and black shattered glass reflection mirror you see what you can only assume are different realities, different possibilities, maybe different timelines. You see ones where Orion is fighting against Hatchling and Technojack and the Raven, the three of them teaming up and still barely being able to hold him back. You see one where Hatchling has teamed up with her mother, Obliterax, and the two of them wreak havoc on the city. You see one where Casey, Technojack, is apparently completely powerless, cowering for fear and unable to defend themselves. 
you see one, perhaps most startlingly, where you recognize Jackie not as the raven, but as the snake, rising up and causing chaos and destruction through Infinity City. What's your most reactions as you see these literally thousands of different timelines and possibilities playing out in the shattered sky above and around you? Imagine well, Orion's like on his back. He's pretty he's pretty beat up. So imagine he's like on his back looking up at the sky. So he's just watching the little cracks, you know, and the different realities, seeing the clouds separate in strange and odd ways. And he like rolls his head over and turns to the others and he's like, see, now I would say that's not great. It's deeply concerning how many times we look like villains up there. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's good because those are all the bad things that we want to keep away. If there was like a bunch of good us's, that would be a problem because that would mean we were the bad guys. This That's is good. True. Yeah, I guess. It's like cracks are continuing to spider <laughs> across the sky. Because it's like, so what the hell is he going to do? Wait, what about the wizard? Oh. Where's the wizard? Well, uh, I feel kind of bad because we told the wizard that this thing wouldn't happen and then it happened. Okay, well, you know what? He can gloat. He seemed to like that. But can we call him? Does he have a phone? Wait, I, don't want I can gloat. call him. I, I reach for the nearest phone and I call him because I can call anyone I want to. Oh, the screen's totally cracked one way or the other. He never has an uncracked iPhone for more than like a week. So like, it might not be a phone call. It could be, he could send a text message to a fax machine, whatever communication device is nearest to the wizard would be the way that the communication would reach them. The message he's sending is, hey, wizard, uh, so the thing we said that wasn't going to happen has, we could use advice vis-a-vis the sky. Send. Okay, and by the wizard, I assume you mean Dr. Phantasma? It would just like come up in his address, uh, in you know, in his address book as like Dr. Phantasma. So, oh, yeah, the heck. That's the guy. Yeah, the wizard. Dr. Phantasma, parentheses, the wizard. We cut to a panel of the castle outside of time and space. (laughs) As we see Dr. Phantasma in what appears to be a combination of laboratory and arcane ritual room. There are two large stone tablets set up in the middle. On one lays Jackie, a.k.a. the Raven, passed out but looking vaguely peaceful. And on the one next to her lays her father, formerly known as Jackson Dawes, currently known as the Crow. And rather than this coming through some form of electronics, I think what happens is we see Dr. Phantasma. He looks over to a Ouija board on a table nearby and watches as the planchette moves across the board, spelling out Orion's message. And he reaches over with one hand, 
and not even looking at the board, using two fingers just guides the piece around the board to send a message back to Orion. Excellent. That says, knew this was going to happen. Defend the universe. Hopefully Jackie can pull this off. So we cut back to us. And he says, he's looking at his phone as like this all caps message comes in because the Ouija board can only send all <laughs> caps messages. And he's like, oh, huh. All right. Well, the wizard says we have to defend the universe. Did he also so, blow? Well, he didn't say how. That's a problem. But that if we defend the universe, Jackie should be able to pull this off. So maybe we just call in everyone we know. Sounds like a normal Tuesday to me. As you all are having this conversation, you hear very loud thudding footsteps coming in your direction. Mm -hmm. And Hatchling and Technojack, the two of you see as you look up towards the sound of these footsteps, the two of you see a large metal form coming in your direction. The form looks like if you made a humanoid mech, but that humanoid was also a triceratops. Huh. Hold up. Was it? Oh, it's a Dinobot. So it's like big triceratops head, big muscly humanoid body. And inside of this is a big muscly humanoid body made of skin and human things. And the panel introduces this character to us as Brutalitops. This character used with permission from Nerds on a Roll and Lauren Peterson. Find their work on Twitter at NOAR Podcast or search for Nerds on a Roll. Technojack, you got this, like, you know, techlepathy him. Can you, can you have that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Orion just kind of looks just like, yeah, this is, oh, it's a robot. She's, you got this. Yeah, sure. As... Casey is squaring up against the charging Brutalitops. I think they're a little bit torn. I think they would realize that the mech is obviously more susceptible to, like, being destroyed. But even if the mech is destroyed, you can tell this guy is big, he is strong, He's not as strong as, like, a nine-foot-tall metal beast that he's riding inside of, but he would still be a formidable opponent. And Hatchling, as you're looking, you see his fist raising up into the air and about to just completely obliterate Technojack. Well, thinking that, well, this person's only nine feet tall, so I guess might as well become ten. She's just going to grow in size and take on her draconic form and just straight-up tackle it. Neat. Like, she feels like she's in her element now, and seeing a fist get raised, that's just when instinct just snaps on, and she just rushes in, holds one claw against that arm, and just headbutts against the mech itself, just to stun yeah. it into place. 
the mech does, like, stagger back, and very human, like, the hand of the mech raises up to its head, and you see that this is mirrored by the man inside of the mech, who, by the way, is wearing, like, professional wrestling trunks and, like, a luchador mask, basically, that does have triceratop horns on it. And he looks at you and says, the word of the snake must be kept, and you must be destroyed. Oh, he's a problem. Okay. And before you get a chance to reply, Orion, you hear a voice inside of your head, and this voice you hear says, Well, partner, I think we've got a dance to attend. And as you look around, there wasn't a skyscraper behind you. There now is. It came from seemingly nowhere. And at the top of it is a non-binary person. They wear like a classic style cowboy hat and a long leather duster. They have a six-shooter revolver in each hand as well as several magic wands floating around them, around their head and shoulder area. And this is the gun wizard. This character used with permission from Icy Sheets and Moon Harbor Heroes. Find their work on Twitter at Moon Harbor Cast, or search for Moon Harbor Heroes. And they jump off of the top of the skyscraper and, like, So, you know, like, when Sonic the Hedgehog grinds along a thing that shouldn't be able to be grinded along? Sure. That's what it looks like. They're sliding down the edge of the skyscraper with sparks flying out from underneath their cowboy boots, firing off magic bullets in your direction. So I'm going to basically step in front of the other two to make sure I've got their backs, and I'm going to spin that fear and generate that force shield to block the bullets so I can protect myself and the guys behind me. So he spins it, he makes this force field, but this guy's firing magical guns and the magical energy is like just overwhelms this field. It must be the same kind of energy. He doesn't really understand how either one of these things works, but it just falters and he sees that one shot is going to get through. So he steps in the way to take the hit. As this bullet hits you, Orion, you feel rage spread through your body. Rage in a way that you've not felt possibly ever. You've been beat up. You've been beat down. You've been defending a world that doesn't really feel like yours as much as you want to make it feel like yours and gotten no respect along the way. And Orion throws down the trident and just charges the gun wizard. So it strikes me and it looks initially like it, like, like a, like it's a bullet, like it burst into my chest. Right. But then you see that it like where it should be a wound. It looks like, if you cracked, if you hit a statue with a hammer, it's like, it's almost like clay and stone. And then it almost looks like lava underneath it as 
he becomes enraged and you see it seal back up as he charges forward. Casey is a bit torn because she would like to do something about this, as in help either one of her teammates, but Casey suspects that there's a third person coming up (laughs) right about now. So they are just like looking around frantically like, okay, who am I going to have to fight with? As Technojack is standing between their friends, taking in the scene around them, the images and views in the sky change nearly as rapidly as you can blink. And Technojack, you see that Several of them look like they're starting to form together into what you don't know. But if you did something, like if you reached that point, that would probably be a good chance to be able to stop what's happening. So far, it does not look like it has noticed you in any meaningful way. Also, as you look around... You notice that some of the buildings start floating. Well, raising out of the ground and floating up into this shattered glass sky that shows alternate timelines and different dimensions. So you just, like, headbutted him. It took him about a step back, but other than that, he is not really like it did not have nearly the reaction that you may have thought it would and he like essentially bull rushes you and is trying to like lift you up and slam you to the ground he actually does succeed at picking her up but while she is being in the air she's going to try to just strike with her tail and then breathe fire over its head and then afterwards, you're like, okay, what do you even want? What are you doing here? As she just tries to, like, struggle free and strike back. Can I shoot lightning at Brutalitops to distract them enough for Hatchling to read into them? Hatchling is lifted into the air and is asking why he's doing this, what his goal is. And before he has a chance to do, like, the Bane backbreaker on Hatchling, he feels the lightning from Technojack shoot through his electric Triceratops body. And as Hatchling wriggles out of his hands and into a fighting position, he looks at her and just says, We've been brought here by the snake to make sure that the raven dies. Cut over to Orion. I believe you were jumping at the gun wizard. Yeah, just straight at him. I'm going to try and tackle him midair. So the guys come around with their little gun shooties and their wands floating around them. And then, like, as they're looking down, Orion's just looking right back up at them. And... 
there's just red in Orion's eyes and this crackling around the edges. And as they kind of like hunker down, the ground cracks under their feet as Orion just launches himself right at him incredibly fast. So there's just this bullet of stocky meat coming at them right now, as angry as they've ever seen anyone. It's a little ball of rage. The two of you hit and smash through this building. But as you smash through the side of this building, it doesn't take you inside of a building. The background of these panels shifts, and you're in a rainforest. You're still, like, positionally inside of this building. Right, but it's a rainforest. But inside of this building is a rainforest. Neat. And Orion, you feel as just bolts of energy and bullets and lightning and fire just course through you and hit you over and over. As you, like, throw the gun wizard down to the ground and they look up at you with fear in their eyes. So where he's been shot in the chest it hasn't fully healed yet so there's still kind of this like shotgun blast opening and then around his eyes where this energy has been crackling the skin has just peeled away burned away and there's just stone so beneath his flesh it's like he's a moving liquid statue like an like just this greek statue and that's what's beneath his flesh and the places where it's wounded is almost moving like lava as it begins to solidify and heal. Cut back to ground level. Hatchling and Technojack, you just heard that these people and presumably more like them are coming to kill the raven. The sky is shattering and shifting. Everything that should be on the ground is starting to float off of it into the air. Buildings are coming up just randomly out of the street. Hatchling is almost like disturbed by the word we killing Jackie just because now she has to like scan around like, oh God, what other threats are there? What do I have to take care of after this guy? So she's not even focused on 100% taking this guy down. Because there's going to be a next one after she has to be ready for. So it's mainly just like semi-blindly or instinctually doing strikes or uh, flurries of different attacks as she just scans the situation. Technocheck notices this and also because they are also like really on the edge waiting for other threats to arrive. I think Technocheck just uh, yells up to Hatchling like, Hey, hey, let's change targets. I can take this guy down. I can hack his suit and beat the shit out of him. You you wait around for other threats. And the reason Technojack is doing this is because they are thinking that Hatchling's like power suit and capabilities are much more... You can beat up anyone, but this seems like an good target that I could actually take down and not be on the way in the way to of you know <laughs> succeeding. Yeah. Alright, you got this. And then she's just gonna like slither under his legs and just like go straight past into the streets. Nice. Yeah. 
as Hatchling slithers through Brutalitops' legs, she sees her mom coming at her, busting through the shattered glass of the sky, leaving pieces of the sky falling into the ground. Yeah, so probably about 40 or 50 foot tall, very large lizard of um, almost the way that you can picture somewhere between Godzilla and a salamander, like very long lizard rather than like tall and upright, covered in spikes. You can see like metal chunks, everything. It's hard to tell where like synthetic and robotics start or stop. And Everything is just like what is an additional layer of edge or destruction we can add to things. So guns, lasers, spikes, scales, just the whole kit and caboodle of destruction. Each step in your direction one like leaves a giant crater in the street. One step as it's lifted is filled in with ocean water. The next step sees lava flow through the cracks. The step after that is like the floor of a rainforest. And just reality is breaking down around you. And also your mom is coming to kick your ass. (laughs) And she'll probably succeed, but we're gonna try anyway. I think with the rubble and the flying elements in every single direction, she is just crashing through, trying to even reach her in the first place. And when she finally does, she's just going to look up and like, what, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed to be in bed. This is really, really bad for you, and you know that. And she's going to just try to like, pull over by just the leg herself. But like with just one arm right now and only a fraction of a fraction of a fraction the size, honestly quite helpless and there's a possibility that obliterex won't even notice hatchling in the first place and as a single step moves across you just sent flying backward uselessly there is some like overstimming with the mixed with the mutations and as both like just this tiny part of obliterex's leg and nico with like leaking blood and energy you can just see that there's like this almost like mutation or infusion of going almost feral with the energy like this idea of like i am like we need to be monsters right now and it's almost like a bestial aura that is shared (laughs) but if you have something in mind i'm all ears (laughs) no i think we definitely see that okay let me retake that we definitely see that look come across hatchling As very similarly to Orion, she charges at her mom. You and your mom collide, and suddenly you're falling. This doesn't make sense for the way you hit her, but the two of you are falling through a void, and then through space with stars behind you, and then through... The fires of what you can only assume are hell. And the two of you smack into the ground. 
as if you were dropped from orbit. I think that there is this, um, I guess I used the word overstemmed earlier, and it's very much this tunnel vision of like, I can't focus, or that she can't focus on a single thing right now. So she is just looking at the destruction that happened, and there is somewhere between a roar and a howl as if she looks at this any further, she is going to feel too self, um, I don't want to use the word self-destructive, but she's going, she doesn't want to look at this as like a responsibility of like, I did this. I am a monster who did this. Like, and it's going to focus on like, I need to find the next target. And she's slowly losing a lot of her own identity. As you can see that the scales and scars, she just continues like scraping through things and everywhere that she, well, drags herself through, covers herself in more scars, and as they heal back quickly, there is just spikes over the scales instead, slowly becoming less self. And we cut to Technojack flying through the air at the force of this impact. We see as Technojack flies through the air, they slam back first into a floating red sedan. And we watch as they take this fairly, fairly well, surprisingly well, as we see them skitter around to get back into like a more in control position on the top of this car on their hands and feet like on all fours and as they launch off of this car for just a single panel we can see what looks like the beginnings of a long rat-like tail poking out from the top of their pants. Back in the skyscraper rainforest. If Orion's got the upper hand, here's what I'm thinking they're at now. Orion's like on this guy's back, right? He's got this rope wrapped around their neck. And because he's using his rope, they know he's not going to let up. As Orion pulls back on this rope and feels the gun wizard go slack, still breathing for sure like you can feel their heartbeat they are not dead they're just unconscious yeah. but they do go like limp in your rope yeah and as you look up just a couple feet away inside of this rainforest is a section that is very clearly like an office space oh. that has a mirror and Orion looks into this mirror and sees himself cracked and scarred and nearly unrecognizable to himself. And that's what lets me loosen the rope. That's what keeps Orion from going too far. Like, even in this enraged state, there's still a decency. There's a well of that within him. That's just part of him. And he lets the guy go. The gun wizard slumps to the ground, and Orion can feel the world around him shifting. Orion, because you are 
a demigod, you, even though you're not necessarily magical, you can still right. feel this magic in the air. It is thick. It is heavy. It is humid. And it is just omnipresent. Hmm. His first temptation is to grapple one and see what it does. Because he's a riot. But his friends are in danger and he's got to get back to him. So I think he would stand up, grab a random wand, and charge back into the fray to help his friends. Just burst through. I'm, I'm assuming I can still see a window to this building. Like I'm just in a building, but there's a rainforest, right? Yes. As you okay. run, there is... Like the office section has like the big windows that you Neat. came through. Yep. Gonna burst right through that, back into it. A wand outstretched, like I'm Doctor Who. As Orion is flying through the air back towards his friends, he feels himself flying at a much faster velocity than he expected to, and in the wrong direction. And Orion, as you slam into the ground, you realize that the force that slammed you into this ground is your cousin Adonis. Back where Hatchling is fighting Obliterex. I think that there is this, again, continuing this hunt, but I think the thing that gives her just a little bit of hesitation is just like the mental thought of like, okay, who's next? Who's the next prey? And then looking over Adonis like, oh, I hate magic. <laughs> <laughs> As the two of you are flying through the air, punching each other, we cut through several different dimensions in several different art styles. There's one where you all are drawn like in a children's cartoon. There's like a section where it's very clearly like a ripoff of like shonen anime. There's a section you all go through that's drawn in the comic book, but it's live action, if that <laughs> makes sense. And eventually the two of you land down hard into the street. Adonis looks up at you, and it's very clear that this... If this is the same Adonis... He has aged quite a bit in the, like, couple of days that he's spent in that pocket dimension. I think this is symbolized, like, he's got a beard or something now, because that's how you age <laughs> people in comic books. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, he's got a beard and a little bit of silver around the temples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he plants his feet into Hatchling's chest and just shoves her off of him. Orion's not going to beat his cousin, you know, swinging fists, but he could beat him wrestling. So he's going to try and basically tie him up. He's going he's to try and keep him busy so his friends can knock him out, basically. Orion's looking to wrap him up and put him down. So he's trying to, like, take out his legs, get his arm underneath him, and his cousin just flat out stops him, just shifts, moves his hip, flips Orion straight over him and onto his back, lips up lifts up a foot 
He's like got his arm still in his hand, right? Because Orion went in with his right arm. He just flipped him. He's got his right arm in his hand with Orion on the ground and just stomps on the side of his face and pulls his arm to twist it back. I think before he pulls too much, though, he stands with his foot on Orion's face and his arm in one hand and looks over at Techno Jack and says, Give me the raven. We can still stop this. And I don't have to break my cousin in half. I think Casey's going a bit feral, so she's not going to think about this right now. She's yeah. just going to, yeah. like, engage and uh, just come and smack Adonis in the face. As she does often when... They're like just not thinking. I think it's like an electric charge on their fist, and they're just like coming at Adonis, like swinging fists, thunder punching, but not with a lot of coordination, honestly. So, as Techno Jack charges at Adonis, before they get to him, they feel something hard and solid collide into them. As Adonis has taken Orion by the arm in both of his hands and used him to batter Techno Jack. The two of you fly backwards and land at the feet of Hatchling. And as the three of you group up and look at Adonis... He looks past the three of you and says, Oh, God. He's here. And as you turn around to follow his gaze, we get a big full-page splash panel of the sky over Infinity City as the shattered bits of future, past, and alternate timeline have joined together into a prismatic, kaleidoscopic, stained glass kaiju snakehead. 